This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulated and their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. OutSchool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 1, Dollar Billy. The Main Street Arcade. A rundown garage where kids go to blow all their money in one sitting. Century-old arcades line the walls like statues in a museum. On any given day, it was full of kids with numb expressions that stared into flashing lights. The place smelled like old carpet and popcorn, and the sounds of digital pings, wongs, and zaps echoed around the corners. 
A chubby toddler cried his eyes out on one of those old penny horses that bounced. It had stopped, and the kid's mom had either run out of money or wasn't about to watch him bob up and down for another twenty minutes. Next to them, a group of kids huddled around Smithy, a junior hire who had mastered the game of Bowser Yowza. The kids shouted and clapped as he set a new record, 520,000 points. And one arcade over from the celebration was Billy. Billy stood quietly at his favorite game, Batawatta Ding Dongs 5. He dug into his pocket and fetched a quarter. The coin dropped into the arcade and the towering box hummed to life. A synthesized theme song was followed by an onslaught of pixelated bats that flew across the screen. Billy frantically jerked the joystick, firing a spray of Twinkies at the creatures and ending them in a creamy splatter. Before he knew it, a bat swooped down and ended his last life. Game over. Billy dug into his pocket for another quarter, but instead pulled out lint and a Starburst wrapper. You've got to be kidding me, he thought. We just barely got here. What's wrong, Billy? Ran out of Twinkies? said Smithy, walking up and leaning against his arcade. The mousy boy tossed his long black bangs to one side. Legend says that Smithy had beaten every arcade in the joint multiple times. An even greater legend says he is actually a game character come to life and walks the arcade as its guardian. Either way, his presence alone intimidated Billy. No, Billy replied. This game's getting old. You know how it is when you beat it so many times. It, it just gets boring after a while. Truth was, Billy hadn't beaten the game yet, but he wasn't about to tell the arcade legend that, not in a million bazillion years. The group of kids standing behind Smithy hovered around the short, dark-headed greaseball like he was the President of the United States. Half of them, Billy recognized, were his friends, easily influenced by whatever alpha male gamer happened to be around that day. So much for them coming to his aid. Smithy smirked. Oh, I know very well how that is, Bill, he said. Although with this game here, I lost track of how many times I beat it when I stopped playing it at age four. Ooh, said the kids behind him. Smithy held up his hand like a pharaoh and the group silenced immediately. Wait a minute, he continued. You're not out of Twinkies. You're out of money. Before Billy could deny it, Smithy snapped his fingers, and a big kid next to him dropped a sack full of quarters in front of him. It landed with a heavy thud like a bag full of golden doubloons. Go on, take a few. This one's on the Smith Man. You're welcome. The Smith Man? Billy thought. That had to be the lamest self-proclaimed nickname of all time. Nah, I'm good. Thanks anyway, said Billy. He could hear the snickers as he turned and headed out the door. That evening, Billy approached his parents, who were sitting and talking on the couch. Mom, Dad, I think I'm ready for a raise. Billy's dad looked up at him with a raised eyebrow. In allowance? Yeah, I'm old enough to earn way more than I'm getting now. How about we start with a cool thousand buckaroos a week? Cold hard cash, small bills will do. Cold cash? His parents looked at each other before bursting into laughter. Fine, if that's too much, I should be making at least twice what I'm making now. Well, said Billy's mom, calming herself, if that's what you want, you'll have to do twice as many chores. Twice as many? Paul, Johnny, and Clyde make nearly three times what I make, and they barely clean their rooms. Seriously, 
Clyde's parents put out an Amber Alert on his little sister only to find her hours later buried in a pile of dirty clothes in his room. His dad shrugged. So? So it's not fair. Billy, your mom and I don't think it's a good idea to give you a bunch of money for doing nothing. If you grew up thinking you should be paid for breathing, you're going to have an impossible time finding and keeping a job someday. If you're willing to do some extra work, I'm sure we can bump your allowance, say, eight fifty. Eight fifty. His mom shook her head. We're not made of money, honey. Well, I wish you were. We're what? Made of money. And with that, Billy stormed off to bed. The next day, on his way to school, Billy passed by the fountain on the corner of Dobson. He stopped and thought for a minute. A fountain, he thought. A wishing fountain. He turned and walked back and stopped by the little geyser. At the bottom of the pond were hundreds of shimmering coins. No, he wasn't going to jump in after them. He wasn't that low. Or at least not yet. Billy dug through his backpack and found a penny. I wish my parents were made of money, he said, flicking it into the fountain. The ripples in the water shimmered as he walked away. After school, Billy ran home and went straight for the fridge. He froze when he noticed something strange next to him doing the dishes. Slowly, he stepped away from the fridge and looked at it. Standing in front of the sink was a tall figure made of green paper. Not just any green paper... Money. Loads and loads of money. Rolled up bills formed its arms and legs. Folded checks dangled down its back like long hair. Its coin roll fingers turned the dishes and scrubbed. Finally, it turned and looked at him with nickel eyes. Mom? he cried. Hi, honey. How was school? Billy's dad walked into the room, or at least a thing that looked vaguely like his dad. "'Babe, have you seen my Allen wrench? I can't find it anywhere.' "'Oh, hey, son,' said the man made of cash. Billy struggled to find the words. "'But you guys, you guys are made of money,' he said. They looked at themselves. "'Would you look at that? We are,' said his dad, chipper as ever. The weirdness of the situation slowly faded as Billy got an idea. He smiled. "'You guys want to go to the arcade?' Minutes later, they were at the Main Street Arcade, Billy pounding away at Batawatta Ding Dong's Five. Every time the game ended, he reached over and took a coin from his parents' fingers. Oh, okay, sure, they would say as he put the coins into the machine. Pretty soon, the whole place was huddled around Billy, watching him set the new high score and marveling at his parents made of money. They chanted his name, patted his back, brought him pizza and returned it when he asked for cheese. His fame grew by the minute. Billy snapped his finger, and a hunched-over smithy came waddling over to his side. I'll take two scoops of Rocky Road and a waffle cone, he said without looking away from the game. He pulled a five-dollar bill from his mom's arm and held it out for Smithy. But I don't work here. Remember, waffle cone, not sugar, Billy insisted. Smithy lowered his head and took the money. 
On the way home, Billy and his parents stop by the pet store. I'll take one puppy, please. The biggest one you have, he said, holding out a wad of cash from his mom's hip. No, make that fifty puppies. I don't want them getting lonely. It wasn't long before Billy was taking his parents all over town, buying everything his heart desired with their money. All the while, Billy's poor parents grew smaller with every purchase. A few dollars from a shoulder, a handful of coins from their toes, signed checks from their hair. Billy was on a roll. With Mom's foot, he bought a three-story treehouse equipped with rope bridges, working cannons, and a twisting water slide into a pool. Oh yeah, he got a pool too, thanks to Dad's left arm. But it wasn't just any pool. The glimmering oasis had caves, jungle trees, swinging vines, rock-climbing walls, and hidden jacuzzis. To top it off, he bought a school of sharks to guard it while he was away. The next day, they flew to Disneyland, and with a little help from Mom's right leg, got to the front of every line. Not because of a pathetic fast pass, oh no. It was because Mickey Mouse himself carried them to the front on his shoulders. For the flight home, Billy thought he'd mix it up and take a private helicopter stocked with a booming sound system, a soft-serve ice cream machine, and a nerf-firing Gatling gun. Now that he was home, his house was looking pretty sad next to his grand treehouse pool, mountain of toys, and helicopter pad. So he used his parents' cash torsos and built a cocoa mansion. That's right, a 12,000-square-foot estate made entirely of decadent chocolate, 60% milk, 40% dark. A curved staircase made of candy bars stretched up through the foyer. The great room fireplace was a floor-to-ceiling chocolate wafer that cooked a bubbling cauldron of hot cocoa. The floor tiles were made from a delicious assortment of truffles. The chandelier, layers upon layers of chocolate peanut butter cups. Billy was in heaven. Ooh, we could really use a pool table made of Toblerone, he said, reaching over to his parents for more money. Only this time, his hand grabbed air. Confused, he looked all around for any sign of his parents. All that was left of them was a single copper penny. After that, it didn't take long for things to get boring for Billy. The treehouse filled up with noisy birds. The helicopter ran out of fuel and soft serve. The sharks had babies and now infested the pool, making it impossible to swim. The dogs grew up and got enormous, barking nonstop and littering the yard with giant dog droppings. In the summer, the chocolate dream home started to melt. Pretty soon, Billy was left sitting in a giant chocolate puddle with a stomach ache surrounded by yapping dogs. He was broke, he was miserable, and above all, he was lonely. Something shiny floated in the chocolate in front of him. He perked up. It was his little penny. All that was left of his parents that he missed so dearly. As he stared down at the little copper reminder of his family, he got an idea. Covered in chocolate, Billy ran as fast as he could down to Dobson Street. He came to a skidding stop in front of the fountain on the corner. After a deep breath, he squeezed the penny tight and whispered, I wish I had my parents back. And then he tossed the coin into the fountain. The ripples shimmered. He bolted back to his house, leaving chocolate footprints winding through town. As he ran into his cul-de-sac, his small little house came into view. Not a brown, messy mega-mansion, but his simple little old house. 
Billy shouted with joy. He burst through the front door and saw his parents sitting on the couch. Mom! Dad! He jumped on the couch and gave them both a big hug. You have no idea how much I've missed you guys. I'm so sorry for everything. Sorry? said his mom. Sorry for what? Billy couldn't believe his luck. They didn't remember a thing. But it didn't matter. He wasn't ever going to make that mistake again. He would never, ever put money before what was truly important, like his family. You know what? said his dad. I forgot to mow the lawn this weekend. Would you mind doing that for me? I'll pay you. He started to pull out his wallet. No! Billy shouted. His parents jumped. I mean, no thanks. This one's on me. Thank you.